All right, all right, all right. Good morning. Hope your week has been fantastically hot. Man, it's some amazing weather outside, huh, for Memorial Day weekend. Um, I was just thinking about Memorial Day weekend and um, thinking about, like, this whole concept of remembering those who fought and died for our freedom and uh, just trying to say, like, what, God, what can I say this morning just so that we don't, like, brush through it and say, all right, guys, barbecue and, you know, let's go and hang out and, and not really, you know, take a second and really remember, like, pause and just, and just kind of, like, sit for a second. So let, let's just take, like, 30 seconds and just kind of, like, just remember, if you know someone who's served, um, someone who's served, who's, who's, you know, who's passed on, um, who fought for the freedoms that we have in, in, in the states that we live in, uh, just let's take a second and just remember them. God, we thank you for all the lives that were lost fighting for the freedoms that we now enjoy. We just ask that you continue to just bless and be with the families who are directly connected. God, as we just remember, we appreciate and are recognizing that we are blessed as a nation to be doing what we're doing. In Jesus' name. And as, as I was thinking about this, a thought kind of came to my mind how, how interesting that Jesus, he was with his 12 disciples um, having his last meal, and then he commanded them as he broke bread and passed the wine to do what they were doing in remembrance of what he's getting ready to do, which is die and resurrect. And for some reason, just, God just kind of connected those two like, powerful, powerful moments like what we're doing right now with even what Jesus commanded us to do in reference to his death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, so it's, it's an awesome thing to just kind of like appreciate because you, you, we have to be honest. In our country, we don't know if people are appreciating what, where we are right now. And, um, and so we just got to take a moment and just kind of like, God, thank you. Thank you for this. Um, country that I, grew, that, that I was born in, uh, that my parents grew up in, they had to do church like in in all sorts of different uh, creative ways because they were under oppression. And so to enjoy the freedoms. Um, if my grandfather knew that people had options to go to church and they didn't, that would just blow his mind. Because he grew up in a time where if people gathered together, they would gather together as often as possible because under the, those conditions. So we have to be thankful for, the, for where we are. Um, I believe that there's a bright future because we serve a God who is just amazing. Um, so thank you guys for being here on Memorial Day weekend. It's not snowing. Um, I'm thinking about Christmas. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, if you guys were here, who was here for last week's when we launched Hashtag? I am very blown away by your boldness and courage to come back. Uh, that's one of those things like this la for the next few weeks. Starting last week, we launched a series, uh, Hashtag, and uh, having controversial conversations Basically saying that there, you know, some people think that there are certain types of conversations that don't, um, that shouldn't be talked about, shouldn't be had in church. 
and I strongly, strongly disagree. All the things that are happening in real life out in the world, I think we need to be having those conversations within yeah. the, the body. And, um, and, uh, and so that's why we're having these uh, conversations. Uh, it's not something, something that we do all week or all year. Uh, actually, we should be doing this all week and just kind of engaging in the topics. Um, last, last week, we started talking about abortion, so it was hashtag abortion. And if you missed last week, uh, it's uploaded on our YouTube channel, um, and there's maybe links on, on Facebook. Uh, but if you go ahead, go check it out, go listen to it, and if you feel encouraged, inspired, informed, um, buy it, uh, feel free to share it and, um, and let people kind of just get a sense for, for this topic. Um, today, uh, we are going to um, actually continue uh, talking about abortion, abortion 2.0. Uh, so what I want to do, uh, there's a couple things that I want to do. First of all, um, if, you, if you can uh, bring up the 97,000 uh, image so if you, if you have not signed up for Odyssey at 97,000, if you're new here, or even if you're here and you've never signed up, go ahead and whoop out your phones and sign up. I'm going to grab my phone here for a second. And once, you're sign, once you sign in and you're, and you're in, the, in our texting system, then using the same number, you can actually text in questions to 97,000 about... Um, this specific topic. So I would love to encourage you guys, if you, if, if you do have a, a question or, or something, just text it, and I'll, and I'll be checking my phone. So it'd be weird on video if no one knows the context where I'm just like, see here what's going on. Um, but we'll be able to communicate this way. Um, and for, so, so I want to open that up um, right, right off the bat. Feel free to ask questions. We don't shy away from talking about difficult issues. Um, last week, I kind of introduced and started talking about this topic, and I just wanted to be really careful last week as to not just state the facts and opinions and even biblical truth without expressing uh, compassion and love for those who may have found themselves in a predicament of um, aborting a baby or know your, maybe your family members have, done, um, uh, have, uh, have had a baby um, or a human being aborted. And so this is a very sensitive topic um, and so today I want to continue kind of treading lightly on this topic, but what I'm going to do uh, today, different than what I did last week, is, is this. I'm going to do a little summary, um, a few minutes of kind of what I talked about um, last week, and then we're going, to, we're going to actually have a conversation. I'm going to invite two ladies up onto the stage to share their story, and we'll actually have a conversation about this. So before we move on uh, in doing that, Oh, yeah, and then at the end, um, I'm going to, uh, forgot about this, but I'll, I'll, if you guys didn't want to text, but you want to maybe say something um, about this topic, maybe, maybe share like a minute or less maybe of your experience or something maybe that God lays on your heart, I understand this is really, really risky of um, opening up the mic for, for somebody to share about their views, but I promise you that if you're mean or ugly or unnecessary stuff, I will, in Jesus' name, just give you a hug and pull the mic away. <laughs> Um, but I would love to invite some of you, some of you had experiences and some people here need to hear maybe a very, very abridged version of maybe your experience, maybe you've brushed shoulders with wanting to abort uh, a baby or, or, or something that's currently maybe they're an adult now, but you've 
thought that through. I would love to open it up um, at the end for that and some maybe even Q&A. So real quickly, this is going to be real, real fast before we invite our guests to the table. Um, as you guys know, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hold this so that I, I'm, I'm not walking back and forth. Um, I would highly, highly suggest to go and go ahead and rewatch uh, last week's uh, message to get the full kind of grunt of what we were talking about. But um, if you guys are aware, you probably are if you live in America, that uh, since 1973, uh, abortion has been uh, legalized in our country. Um, and, and even around the world, it's legal. So it's not just in America. Um, but since then, we, had, we have aborted over 70 million potential um, world changers. Um, that's, a, that's a huge, huge figure of babies. Um, less than 1% of them were aborted because of um, rape or incest or, or that it was um, around the mother's um, health, like it was either the baby or the mom, less than 1% of these 70 million plus abortions were done because of that. And a lot of times in our culture, a lot of people throw up, well, you know, throw this concept up of, of, well, what about this? What about this? Um, and I think we have to have the conversation to break down some of the statistics to really address the issue. Um, so these facts are, are mind-boggling. And, um, and right now, in our culture, there are some, some laws like in, in Alabama that have been passed, to, and one of them is really like strict, where you cannot have abortion for any reason, and the other one, you can have an abortion if it involves saving the, the, the child's or the mom's life. And we actually see a tipping point in this, in this topic. Right now in our culture, this next generation is, is, is not for abortion, but they are a lot much more for, if I can say it, pro-life, about not having an, an abortion. And I know whenever I use the words pro-life or pro-choice, I'm really just trying to use the language that our culture uses to identify these two um, positions. But we are seeing, we are witnessing a shift in our, in our culture where, where, where it's actually in conversation to um, reverse or undo Roe versus Wade. And that is a, a conversation that, that many people uh, did not think would ever be possible. And so we see that the culture shifted in legalizing something, and now we're actually witnessing our culture shifting in a different direction to go back um, and, and actually having a lot more restrictions on abortions and, and, what, it, and what it does. Um, so in one sense, if you believe that a baby is a baby inside the womb or outside the womb, if it's a human being, a person has personhood, um, then this is really, really great news for you. And so you're rejoicing at this. Um, but if you're like feeling like abortion is not, it's, you know, it's not a baby, it's a fetus or whatever, so you may feel like your rights are being violated. And, 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 um, and it's the language, like I said last week, man, we were like talking about just the things that people say in, 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 you know, in context of this conversation, you know, about white men cannot make laws about the female choices. And or, you know, this is my body. Those kind of um, conversations, they sound really good. They make sense if you don't take them further. But if you really kind of pan out those conversations, it doesn't really conclude in the same way. So last week, we tried to kind of tackle a few, tackle a few of these um, things. So I'm not going to get into them. Um, we went through some scientific reasons. We went through this whole concept of SLED. 
uh, which for me, I said that I found, find it really helpful to try to identify certain things. And a lot of this is just to continue to have conversation about this topic. But the concept of sled is to basically define that this thing that's in a, a, a woman's womb is indeed a human being, a human life. And the way that they talk about this is in the form of a sled. And not everybody agrees with this, but I'm just kind of sharing you where, where I really find it insightful. And if you're having conversation with people, it really helps to begin to actually have an intelligent conversation. Because how many times have you had a conversation with, with someone that you don't know or on Facebook or with your family where they shout out their viewpoint and then they walk away as you're trying to engage them? And for those of you who did not raise your hands, that may be you walking away. I'm just saying. So, um, checkmate. Um, no, just... Um, <laughs> um, I guess I just want to kind of summarize in a final thing this, this morning is that, um, is that no matter where you stand on this topic, no matter if you've had an abortion and no matter why you had the abortion, um, whatever your convictions were, what I would ask us to do today and as we have this conversation, even on social media, and we've actually, we're having some really healthy dialogue and conversations, uh, even we're having one this morning about this topic. Um, and, and on social media, I know Donovan's brave to kind of begin a post on Facebook. You know, I'm reading, I'm watching you, Donovan. Um, so that was a very um, bold move to, you know, ask people. And he's doing it in a very, very uh, engaging and insightful way. And, and it, it creates dialogue. Um, and so what we're asking as we talk about this topic and other topics is, is to move from your political you know, association, left or right, and come to the center where Jesus is. And, and maybe some of your beliefs from the left or right, you, we will be able to bring in, but we have to filter, th filter it through Scripture and through, through Jesus, who is our King, who is the creator of our, of our lives. And that's what we read. That's what we believe. And so, so we believe that God um, values life no matter what capacity it's in no matter how intelligent or, or lack of intelligence there is, no matter how, si how what's your size, whether you're big or small, whether you're noticed or unnoticed, whether you're rich or poor, or tall or short, grew up in America or grew up in Ukraine or Africa, no matter your skin color, no matter what you've been through, that God still values life, all of life, the same way. Um, uh, he's a creator of life, and he's infused each and every person with destiny. And so what we want to do is step into the destiny. Uh, legally, things can change. As we're seeing right now, it was legal, but now it, they're really questioning everything. And uh, we talked about this last week. Just because it's legal, it doesn't mean that we should do it. And just because it's illegal, it doesn't mean that we should. Um, and so we cannot get our morality strictly from the law, even though some people even say, oh, don't, don't try to legalize morality, try to bring it into law, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. And, and I understand that argument as well, but the truth is that we, we um, there's a lot of laws that, that kind of allow us to talk about different moralities, like not killing, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a morality based on law, it's a good law. And so we have to identify that laws are good to be sustained, but God's law is always higher than the common law. And so, um, and so we have to kind of always subject ourselves to God's law. And God has, a, God has a purpose for you, no matter where you've come from, no matter where your past is. And we as a church, uh, we are here to love on you no matter what you've done 
um, no matter what your convictions were, maybe, maybe you'll switch your convictions. And if you need someone to pray with you, to talk with you, to walk with you, if you need any um, other encouragement, practical needs, financial, um, you know, uh, uh, help, we as a church and, and as churches across our nation, I would think, I would hope so that we would step in to really be able to tangibly help uh, you wherever you are. I know for sure this is where we are, so I would love to hear from you if you're in that situation. Um, promise you'll do that. Or if you know of somebody who's struggling and they want to talk to somebody, you know, our heart is not to condemn. We want to speak life on people, uh, about people, about the tr and we want to speak truth. We want to do it in love so that we're all moving towards God, so that God can continue to just become king over every area of our lives, including our past, including our present, and our future. So without much more, you know, chitter-chatter from my end, I would just encourage you all to re-watch last week's video, uh, last week's message. Um, and uh, if you guys would all rise, I would like to invite my first guest to the stage. Uh, Jeannie, if you would please join me. everybody. So thank you guys. You may be seated. Uh, what we'll do, and I'm telling you, I'm going to really just make sure that we filter everything to where it's, it's appropriate and um, it's healthy and it's loving. So I warned you before, I'm just letting you know. But I want to also open up for dialogue. So after, you know, a few minutes, Jeannie will just kind of share a little bit about her life and a little bit about her story. And um, I would love to invite, um, if anyone has a question, to be able to even ask uh, maybe something comes across your mind you can ask of, on this topic or even specifically about her story. But she'll share, we'll open up for maybe some conversation, um, and then we'll invite the second guest. So go ahead, Jeannie. Start with, with kind of maybe your, your, uh, how you came to Odyssey and where you are now, but you have about a minute, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot further along in my journey than I was when I first started coming to Odyssey. Yes, she is. I still have so much to learn, which y'all might totally agree after I'm done speaking. Um, but I do want to say I'm going to try to make this kid-friendly, but I don't know if it will be, so it might be a little sensitive for kids to hear what I'm going to say. Just letting the parents know that. Got 10 seconds, parents. Nine, eight. <laughs> okay, so um, here's my story. When I was 15 years old, I just started 11th grade and met this guy named Tim, and we were together for about a year and a half till I was 17. Uh, very soon after we started being boyfriend, girlfriend, our, we started having a sexual relationship and right when I turned, soon, like, soon after I turned 16, I got pregnant. And we were like just a happy-go-lucky couple. We got along great. We were going to be together forever, get married. And I got pregnant. And as soon as I told him I was pregnant, his whole attitude changed. He acted like it was my fault, like I went and did this behind his back or something. 
And um, it's typical. one thing. Typical, right. yes. Um, he told me there's no way we were going to have a baby. He had plans for himself to finish high school. He was a senior, I was a junior. Um, and he just wanted nothing to do with the situation. So my, um, I had an abortion. While I was at the clinic, he was at school. Lucky him. So um, after that, our relationship was normal for a little bit, and then it just got really rocky. Um, he never told anybody except for his brother and best friend. Meanwhile, my whole family knew. My mom, my dad paid for it. He never paid my dad back. He just acted like it never happened. And little by little, I started having resentment toward him. And I eventually broke up with him because I just couldn't stand the sight of him. And honestly, it's not the abortion that I regret um, because I wanted to finish high school as well. What I regret is confusing sex with love. I regret having sex at the age of 15 years old. Um, I just regret not waiting and being a kid, I had still two years of growing physically left to do myself. Um, I, um, hold on. I just regret being so young, thinking I was grown and um, getting caught up in the moment. And when you're, I guess maybe any age, I'm not really sure, you just think it won't ever happen to you. Um, and it did happen to me. And um, it's just really a hard decision to make. And it's just a young person making a grown-up decision. Um, it's actually a very personal decision where I don't feel, honestly, that it's anyone's business. But I'm coming up here talking about it because of the conversation we had last week. I just felt like I had something to say about it. Um, I was actually saved at the age of eight and baptized at the age of 14, so lack of God, I don't know if that was an issue. It was just bad choices and bad planning that brought me to that. Um, I have four kids, four kids that I love. I would never consider murdering or hurting any of my kids. Um, but being pregnant, I was only probably 12 weeks along when I had the abortion. Um, I didn't get bigger yet, I wasn't showing, I never felt kicking, so to me it wasn't real, and I guess that goes along with Sergio's SLED acronym of location. Um, but um, yeah, that's what it is. Um, let me see, I have some notes. She's doing so good, guys. <laughs> Um, you know, since God's hand is in creating and shaping a baby, then I feel aborted, this is my opinion, I guess, which I should leave that out, but I feel that aborted babies are in heaven. Since they have a soul and a spirit, they're in heaven. Now, whether or not this baby child that I could have had is going to be welcoming and waiting for me, I don't know. But I know that this child did not have to deal with me being its mother at 16 years old when I had no idea what, who I was at that time anyway. 
So in some ways, the baby's fortunate that it just got to bypass life and just go straight to heaven. And that makes me a little more comforted about it. Um, I have a Bible verse I would like to read. I don't know if we're going to have time to read Bible here in church. Oh. No, I'm just joking. I'm just... <laughs> no, read, so read. No, go ahead. Um, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 9 says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. That is good, yes. So... Thank you. <laughs> uh, can I, I'm going to ask a couple of questions, and, uh, and this is not interrogation. I'm just curious because... <laughs> no more questions, Your no Honor. No more questions. <laughs> did you or did you not ever? Um, how, does it, how does it make you feel whenever people um, are having this kind of conversation and you sense that a person is trying to you know, share their opinion, whether it's true or not, but they do it in a very insensitive way, maybe from a place where they don't know what it's like to, to have an abortion and all these years um, still think about it. Um, how, how does it make you kind of feel and how do you always kind of want to respond to? Well, it, it makes me a little upset and probably a little angry when people think that everything's so cut and dry, black and white. Well, if you weren't ready to have a baby, why are you having sex? You know, it just, at that heat of the moment when your emotions and hormones and feelings are kicked in overdrive, you're not really thinking of what's gonna happen after. Because it still is amazing that sex makes people. <laughs> we don't really think about that at the time. And if, you know, none of us are perfect when it comes to that. You don't, every time we have sex, we're not like ready to have a baby from the result of it nine months later, which means we probably shouldn't be having sex. Hmm. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> That's one of the things that she mentioned um, last week, because uh, as I was wrapping up, I mentioned where we're, we're focused on abortion and the legal, uh, the, the legal aspects of it, scientific aspects of it, biblical aspects of it. Um, but what we really need to be talking about is what's leading, what's causing all of this conversation that we're having right now. And it is just uh, human sexual relationships um, that are not done in line with God's purposes and plans. And, and what's crazy is that it's really easy for, uh, for some people to kind of look at Jeannie and be like, dude, she doesn't even think she, what she did was wrong. Why is she on the stage? Why is she talking? Why is she even in this church? And I would kindly rebuke you and say, you have issues too. <laughs> and we're not kicking you out. Um, Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what she was going to say. And I just wanted to give her the freedom to speak. Because it is, this is, you know, you can state the facts. But not everything is cut and dry. Because, and the reason that it's not cut and dry is because you're dealing with another human person. You're dealing with the mom, the situation, and all these things. And I think we need to have conversations to be able to understand people and not just spit out truth and, 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 and justify you know, our stance and we're right and you're wrong. And someone says, said this before, what's the point if you win the argument but lose the person? You know, so we need to always speak the truth but do it in love. Do, do it in a way where people who have 
maybe done things, whether they agree with the conclusions of it or not, they can still hang out and be influenced by you and have conversation and, and, and do life, you know, together. Um, also, one more thing I forgot to say is it's a very, very hard decision to make. And I don't think for that, like women who have abortions, I can't speak for all, but I could speak for myself and I'm sure a lot of women feel this way. It's a very hard decision to make. It's not like we just can't wait to get pregnant to go get one of those wonderful, glorious abortion things everyone's talking about. It's not like that at all. Um, and to call someone a murderer is just completely not even how it is. Because as soon as I gave birth to Greg, Reggie, Zarius, and little Brian, as soon as I hold the baby, as soon as the baby is here in my arms, that's the last thing you think about. As soon as you hold the baby, you don't think like, I'm gonna murder my baby, you know, because it's in your stomach and you're not holding it yet. Um, but yeah, to call a woman a murderer is just not even how it is. Um, because I would never murder my children, like I said. Um, I'm not the greatest mom, but I do love my kids, and I would lay my life on the line for my kids, and I have before. So, and it's, yeah. it's a very hard decision to make. And it's not all black and white, cut and dry. There's a lot of emotions and thoughts, and if this, then that, that goes along with it. Um, at the time, we were living in a two-bedroom house in a campground. Um, my mom was working so hard, struggling to even pay the bills where she actually gave me the choice. She said, if you want to have a baby, go ahead. If you want to have an abortion, go ahead. Whatever you want to do, I'm with you. Because she got pregnant at the age of 15 and my grandmother forced her to put the baby up for adoption, which is now my sister, Diana, who we met about 12 years ago. Uh, my mom said that if abortion was legal back in 1967, she probably would have had one. She wouldn't have um, turned to drinking to make up for the fact of giving her child away. She probably would have graduated high school. She tried going back to school and she got ridiculed and they just kind of really shunned her away. Um, so I believe it is a decision that we all make for whatever reason and it's very hard. We had a question come in. Uh, did you ever consider having the baby and putting the baby up for adoption? I would never put a baby up for adoption. Once I feel it kick, once it's in my belly, my belly's getting bigger. Once I give birth and hold that baby, it is mine, and I'm not giving it to anybody. So, so what you're saying, so once you kind of feel the evidence that it's a baby within you, you probably would not have an abortion, and you, you would do what you did with your other four kids. Definitely. Just okay. And that's, actually, that's pretty interesting, because one of the things is that when people uh, begin to have conversations with people who are moving in that direction um, of, of having, a, uh, having an abortion, uh, whether, however they, 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 you know, they feel like it's right or wrong, it's, that, that's a different conversation. Um, but um, what happens is that when, you know, they give them some options, and in most cases, uh, people don't give their babies up for adoption anyways, because they actually want to bring them into the world. It's like you cannot imagine a world with, with, without them. And uh, by the way, like, um, little B, he's in our kiddos, her, 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 her son, and um, Z's in the back serving here uh, like half the time that he's here in the back with, uh, with a pro presenter, with lyrics, and he's interested in some of the lighting and he's in some of the video, so he's like full, full on, you know, like, like serving you guys here. Um, and it's just amazing to kind of, to see that. So, um, there you go. See if there are any more questions. Love the series. Thank you, thank you. Uh, 
All right. Um, is there anything that is, does anybody want to kind of say that you don't want to text, but you just want to ask maybe a question? Uh, you got four seconds to raise your hand. Three. Okay, we got one in the back. Interesting. Thank you for sharing. All right, we have one. Yes. Tim never told his parents. I, yep. Thank you. I agree because yep. it was, yes. Uh, about talking to her boyfriend and, and, and curious to see what the relationship between uh, her boyfriend and her and his father was about this situation. And like she said, that Tim never mentioned it except to a couple of people. It was like all my fault or all on me. Um, my friends and family knew because I'm, not shy about sharing my life with people. Um, everyone knew in my family. <laughs> His parents never knew, but um, I have to say, when I was breaking up with him, we were in an argument when I was 17 years old, I called his mother right in front of him and I said, let me tell you about your precious Timmy. That's what they called him, Timmy. And I said, um, he got me pregnant and I had an abortion. And his mom just couldn't believe it. And whether it was right or wrong, me doing that. It just, I just was so upset that it was all on me and my family. And like he, we were 50-50 in this. You know, we both knew it was going on. I was not on birth control. And he just wanted just to wash his hands of it, not tell anyone, act like it never happened. And little by little that started eating away at me. Um, so I just couldn't even look him in the face anymore. All right. Oh, my. Everything's getting all wonky here. Okay. <laughs> I hope I hope that um, this conversation with Jeannie. Um, sorry, guys. Of course, it has to happen now. I hope I hope that this conversation kind of like, you know, if you if you have been thinking about this topic, and maybe not so sensitive about the people that are involved. I hope this kind of like brings in the compassion back. About, you know, about, about this topic, and not just this, but many other topics that when people deal and live through things in their life, that they just want people to kind of hear them out, understand, walk with them, and not always point a finger at them. And, and, not, and I think in our church, we don't really have a problem that I think that we're, we just really try to love people authentically and, and, and genuinely. Um, but one of the rap, bad raps that we have as Christians in America is that we're really e you know, quick to point fingers but really slow to walk with people. And so let, let's shift that within our culture. Um, all right. Can I say uh, one more thing? Yes, you can. And I, forgot, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, I'm not up here for pity. I don't, I've, this was 27 years ago. I've dealt with this with God on my own. And I'm not here to change anyone's mind. 
Oh, stay, stay here. Stay here. It's fine. Yeah. If you can move over there. And I would like to uh, invite uh, Grace to the stage, please. Uh, Grace. This stage, please. So guys, we've identified it's this mic. We take up a love offering after it's all said and done. Hi, it's right over there. So uh, you have um, some time to just uh, do uh, kind of a little bit of, of where you come from and how you ended up here, and then, and then we want to hear your story. Um. <laughs> Where I come from, That's a lot of places. I'm originally from California. Um, then I moved to North Dakota, then I moved to South Dakota, then I moved to Colorado, and then we moved here. So that's how I got here. <laughs> On tour. <laughs> We're just, you know, touring the compass. Um, so we moved here two years ago, and um, we've been uh, looking at different churches, um, looking for the spirit moving and people of love and we've been enjoying being here with you guys um so thank you for welcoming us and being so loving <laughs> um so is that, is that that's good, good for that that's good <laughs> so um my husband is michael and our two kids ian and kilana um are here and we have an older daughter that's 22 so um my what I'm going to say is on the opposite spectrum of what, of Jeannie's story, and and I want to I just want to make it clear that nothing I'm going to say is in any way meant for any condemnation or um, any anything negative at all. This is just my story, and it's my my end of the spectrum. So, um, my name is Grace. I'm a person. I'm a female. There are many parts to me. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. I'm a minister. I'm a worship leader. My favorite color is burgundy. I'm passionately in love with God and people and horses, Arabians in particular, and Starbucks coffee. <laughs> I knew I'd get a, I knew I'd get a chair on that one. <laughs> um, I'm a singer and a songwriter and a piano player. I not I hate math, very good at English. Um, I've been a teacher, a house painter, I'm an artist. I've led many people to the Lord. I've made many mistakes. And none of those things would have been known about me had my mother chosen to make a decision that a lot of people would actually approve of <clears throat> to rid herself of a problem and a hurt and possibly a lifetime scar because of what happened to her. My mother was a younger woman in the 70s in California hitchhiking, as many people did back then. <laughs> um, and... Someone picked her up, really nice guy, 
and offered her a ride. And they spent several hours in the car talking and about who their backgrounds and where they're from. And it's really sweet. It's really nice. And he's, and you know they were on a long trip somewhere and offered you know you have somewhere to stay tonight. No, I don't. Well, I'll get you a room and you know you'll be okay. And okay. And you know so talking and talking. Everything's friendly and nice and. So he helped her, got her room, and never left the room. So she didn't want that. She didn't ask for that. She was afraid for her life and um, took advantage of her. And later on, she discovered that she was pregnant. She was 29 years old, so she wasn't young. She wasn't, she had, um, you know, it was, it was something that was forced upon her. Many people thought you should get an abortion. Some people didn't believe her. But she was alone. She had had a very abusive childhood and had many, some, some emotional damage from that and um, some real struggles in her heart. And she thought, I'm lonely and this little baby is going to love me. I'm going to have somebody that's going to love me no matter what. And she chose to keep me. She chose to give me life. And so she named me Grace because it was by the grace of God that she survived and lived to tell the story and lived to have a child that brought, in, in her words, the greatest joy she's ever had. So here I am, and this is me, and I am here because... My mother chose not to choose abortion for rape, though even many people would think it was okay and think she was justified. So thank you, Mom. Mm. She's right back there. Um, someone sent in a question. And I guess, I mean, it's to Jeannie, and you can answer as well. How has it affected, or has it affected your relationship with Jesus, knowing what you know, living through what you live through? And, and I want you guys to see, like, this, like, on two different spectrums here, and we're talking about it on a stage. This is really beautiful. Um, so thank you both for it. Um, so, so the first question is, how has it affected, or has it affected your relationship with Jesus? I guess you can start with you, because they send it while you were talking, and so. Um, it hasn't, because Jesus died on the cross, so we could be forgiven for our sins. And yes, I do think it's a sin. Um, um, it hasn't affected my relationship with Jesus. Look at that. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, you can, you can answer. Um, I think for me to know how my life started and the grace of God that's been on my life since the beginning has impacted me. Um, I, I'm a songwriter. I wrote a song about this. It's called Grace for Grace, and it's about you know, the grace of God 
over my life, allowing me to be here, the grace of God over anyone's life, whether they've chosen to have an abortion or whether they, you know, no matter what it, the situation is, that there's grace for everything. There's grace for the child that's spared of an abortion. There's grace for the child that's in heaven from an abortion. There's grace for the mother that chose the abortion. His grace is how we're saved. His grace is how he loves us. His grace is why he came. Amen. Amen. And his grace is for everyone. It doesn't pick out, okay, you get grace, you don't, you get grace, you don't. His grace is for all of us. And it's such a powerful thing. I used to dislike my name when I was little. Nobody was named Grace. It was like, you know, a 90-year-old grandma, maybe. And so everyone was Jennifer and Michael and, you know. <laughs> I was like, why can't I be named Jennifer? But <laughs> nobody was named Grace. You know, the, when you're little, you want to be like everybody else. And everyone's named this, and you're the weird kid named Grace. As I grew up and, and grew into knowing God and how much he loves me, and how much he raised me. My mother never chose to marry. She has seen a lot of um, abuse and situations, especially in her sister's life, of many, many boyfriends. And although I wanted to have a dad so badly, she chose to raise me and make me her life and, and um, keep me safe from any possible um, negativity coming my way in that direction. And, and after what I've seen in a lot of people that I know, I'm thankful for that. But um, she raised me to love God, and, and, and God raised me. And as I look back in my life, God was my father, and I, and I see how he put people in my life to show me God's love and God's grace all along the way. And I see grace over my life in so many ways. And because of that, I started, as I started really going, growing to understand God as I got older, and his love, I started to love my name, and I started to really understand what grace meant, and as I grew up and, and made my own mistakes in life and had my own challenges and my own hurts and my own tragedies, um, it's been a process of over 40 years really coming to really understand this is what grace is, and it's just brought me to my knees. It's brought me to tears. It's um, really understanding what that word means and that's why he came. And that's how much he loves us. That it covers. Grace covers. My love is here to cover that thing that you did. My love is here to cover what happened to you. My love is here to cover all those unfair situations and all those heartbreaks and all those tragedies. And having a full understanding of grace is something that I think so many people don't have. And so they aren't in awe of God's love for them. So that, that's my that's answer. <laughs> um, there, so there's a question, um, and it'll be twofold. One, when, when did you find out that, um, um, about your birth, about how it happened, and that you were up for debate in a way of being aborted? Um, and Huh? Um, <laughs> yeah, there was a possibility with, with culture and pressures. Of well, this, you know, it's inter the interesting fact is that 1973 was the year she yeah. was pregnant and she could have actually gotten an abortion legally. Um, you know, it wasn't something she wanted to do, but I, th I, I guess, it, I don't remember how old I was, but it, evidently when it, she felt it was appropriate for me to know, I was 
it's fairly young, but probably middle school age, I would guess, I don't know. Um, but I always, she just was always open about it. You know, this is how you came to be, and this is what I chose, and, and this is how I feel about you. And um, she's a single mom raised by herself, had a struggle, was very poor, she had no college education. Just, he did a lot of home health, home health care jobs that we lived with older people so she could be home with me and take care of me. And she was just up front, this is how the way, what happened and, and how much I value you. And so through all of that, it really put a self-esteem into me. I am valued, I am special, I am cared for, I am, um, I can do anything. You know, I can do whatever God wants me to do. So did you have to deal with the pain of the story growing up that come when things got tough or hard? And the follow-up question is, did you ever wish your mom had an abortion? No. <laughs> no, I, and not just, you know, because I like being alive, but... <laughs> <laughs> A minor detail. <laughs> it's kind of important. Um, I've been passionate about Jesus my whole life, and, got, and, and as I look back and see how he's used me in other people's lives to impact, um, to bring people to Christ, to minister... Um, you know, I know that we are all here for a purpose. We are all designed from the beginning. As Psalm 139 says, he knew us in our mother's womb. He had a plan from the time you were an egg before you were even fertilized. All those eggs have a design. And, um, and so I see that and I think, you know, I'm so, I'm so glad that God brought me here so I can do whatever he's called me to do. But it never bothered me. I never... Um, I just, it was a fact, and it, it never really hurt me. I, it was just the way it was. Um, it never really touched me emotionally at all, interestingly, until the day that I wrote the song about it. It never, I never felt one way or another about it. I was glad she didn't get an abortion. I was glad I was here. But it, I wasn't ashamed of it, or, you know, I wished I had a dad, but um, it didn't bother me in any way like that. But when I wrote, God gave me this song about it, and as I was writing it, it just, Tears just poured out, emotion just poured out of me, and I was like, what is this? Where is this coming from? And I don't know if it was just the subject matter, if it was just my heart on the issue of um, one of the, one of the, I guess the, one of the main points about what I'm, my story, what I'm saying is that in abortion, as what happened with Jeannie, she's a young kid, she didn't know anything about it, she's not thinking about, you know, this is a child, or just like my life is falling apart and I don't know anything about this, so I'm going to do it. And that's, that's the case for so many kids. And I think our error is, one, as, as Grant said, boys are not taught enough about this. It's not talked about enough. It's been so hush-hush. You know, we talk about it more now than we used to in my mother's time, but they didn't talk about things at all. I mean, they wouldn't talk about anything. Um, <clears throat> kids need to understand more about the process of life and... Um, and what it means, and how real it is, and they need to see it, they need to see, they need to hear and understand, um, this is the potential, this is a potential human being. We are, and it, I think it's also relinked in our society, in our society is, we become like we're gods, it's so humanistic, we're in charge, we're gods, we're in control, and we can decide who should be here and who shouldn't, who, you know, and we can decide, you know, so many things about our lives that God should decide because our nation is removing God, but um, people are born for a purpose. And when people look, think about a fetus, it's like it's just a dot; it's nothing. That's how they think about it. When we think about 
This is Billy Graham. Like, what if Billy Graham wasn't born? Millions of people have been saved from his ministry. You know, what if Smith Wigglesworth is never born? What if you think of anybody that's impacted you, think of anybody that's impacted society or history or, you know, what if they hadn't been born? And that potential is in every single person. My kid could be this massive life changer. And, and so yeah. I think if kids had more education on, on childbirth and on, you know, the cycle of life in that respect to think about that, that it's not just this thing, this label of a zygote, a fetus, an embryo, that um, this is a potential Jackie Robinson or potential, you know, whoever. Um, name anybody, yeah. and it changes the perspective quite a bit. And I think this is why we should be having conversations, because you just, you, just, you just don't know. And um, I, heard, I heard someone say this, that the thing that's really taking abortion and putting it out of its element now is, um, is technology. And so, as I said last week, it's, you know, it's like we do things that are legal in one, maybe, you know, century or in one age, and then if things change, new information comes to light, it shifts, you know, um, and, and now we have to deal with our, you know, with the consequences or the aftermath of those things. And so I think even having this conversation, we have to be mindful that people are living in the aftermath of, uh, of some of their decisions, um, you know, uh, on what they did uh, for whatever the reason. Uh, we just need to, kind of, I just want to continue to just express this, this, this aspect of this compassionate leaning whenever we talk about him. Either we talk with Grace, maybe easier to talk about with her, but then we're talking about someone who would like with Jeannie or someone who's like maybe hates God and is, stays away from the church and is, is you know, even, even advocating that it doesn't matter, your baby can be born or you can still abort it if I don't want it or whatever the conversation may be. You know, people are hurting. And this is why Jesus was sent is to mend the brokenhearted is to offer grace to each and every person. And it may be years before people realize that they need grace. It may be years before people realize the decisions and the um, consequences of their de decision. And so as a church, as individuals, as Christians, we need to take responsibility for our part and, and be mindful, uh, be intelligent, be truthful, be loving in our challenging and controversial conversations. Uh, so as you guys can see, none of this has been scripted. We kind of like just wanted to bring in and have a conversation. Um, we didn't know how this was going to go, if we are going to have a fight um, <laughs> or a, um, but um, um, uh, you, there's not, you don't, you don't see a lot of maybe like different aspects of a, of a similar topic on the stage on Sunday morning. And maybe we should do this more often, <laughs> quite frankly. So I just want to thank you guys. Um, <laughs> Thank you guys for sharing. We are here for you. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're going uh, through, whatever you've been, whatever your past is, whatever you've done. I mean, I'm, I love the emphasis on grace from both Jeannie and Grace. The whole thing is that God came and he showed up. And so I don't have to carry my sin. I don't have to carry my mistakes, my, my decisions from my past. I don't have to carry them. I can just give them all to Jesus. And Jesus' grace covers those things. And I think it's such a beautiful picture. No matter what you've done in your life, maybe, maybe you've killed somebody. Maybe you've adopt, aborted somebody. Maybe you've lied to somebody. Maybe you've done X, Y, and Z. Maybe the things that you've, talk, that you've done is unthinkable. I just want to tell you that grace is still sufficient for you. That God's, 
you are not too far where God cannot reach you and his love cannot overtake you. Um, and, he, and he has destiny for your life. He has purpose for your life. Whatever Satan wants to destroy, God wants to take and make it so that you can help uh, hundreds and thousands of people that are going through the similar thing that maybe you have gone through or you have done. So I just want to encourage you, begin to have conversations, begin to um, you know, align ourselves up with what God wants for us, love on one another, walk with one another. Begin to, you know, if, you, if you're in crew, ask, you know, this is a great thing where we can get to know one another, get to know one another's story. And I, and I promise you, you'll begin to have compassion and empathy for for each other, and, and, and that is only, that'll only weaken Satan's hold in our life and strengthen us to do what we're called to do, and that is to reach every single person that we touch with the gospel of Jesus Christ.